Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. All right. Good Saturday afternoon and happy Saturday. I hope that everyone out there stayed warm as possible on that cold, cold Halloween night. Boy, the weather is definitely taking a turn. So for those that don't already know, this is Right at Home with Rich. My name, surprisingly, is Rich, Rich Oris, and I will be your host for the next hour right here, right now. And I am a senior home consultant with a full-service design-build remodeling company called Mosby Building Arts. And um, I would love to help you out today. I would really like to have a conversation with you about um, either your kitchen or your bathroom remodel. Which one would you do first if you had a choice and why? Um, I have my thoughts, but would love to hear yours. And uh, if your work is done, maybe you've remodeled them both. But um, We'd like to hear which one you did first and why. Or if you're like me and you still need to do both of those rooms, you know, which would you prefer to do first and why? Um, give me a call today, 314-241-9797 or toll-free, 866-455-9797. Let's have a conversation about that. But also on tap today, I've got some design ideas that could change the look of your space. Um, some residential zoning and coding stuff that, you know, kind of like St. Louis weather. Um, it's constantly changing. It's very hard to keep up with. So learn, you know, what we know and uh, kind of what to look out for, what we've learned over the years. And, of course, without fail, every week halfway through the show will be my right-at-home hack. And stay tuned here today because you'll hear my list of things that you should be doing to your home prior to winter and in that list, I'll answer the ever-controversial question on the direction of your ceiling fan. How should you set that for a winter setting, and why should you run it? So you don't want to miss this one. Um, call in now on any of the topics we just spoke about, or if you have anything around your house, any type of uh, maintenance remodeling question, give me a shout. One more time, the number 314 314- Two four one nine seven nine seven, and I think I kind of start out with some of the the Mosby stuff that we do and and kind of uh, keep track of and things that are going on around our company. So um, we are still we have some positions available in the field. We have a position available for a new home consultant um, also. So if you're uh, in the market looking for a great company, looking for work in the remodeling construction industry here, you know, check us out. Go to mosbybuildingarts.com. You can uh, search there or you can put slash about us uh, dash careers and it'll take you right to everything. Um, Also, we have coming up one of my favorite things we do every year in December. I, I don't have the date yet. I'm sure it's probably there. I just haven't really looked it, looked it up yet, but our, um, our our stuff the truck toy drive that we have every year, 
We have a great time with that. Get a lot of people involved and, you know, fill up a box truck full of toys for um, great causes, you know, every year, um, unwrap new toys for kids. So what I would say is if, if you're seeing any of us, if you've got Mosby doing a design for you right now, or if you, you're having one of us out, you know, in the next month um, or so, just, you know, get a small as you're out, just a small unwrap, you know, toy for, for a, a child and, and give it to us just to donate to that. That way, if you, if you can't come out on the date that we're having it and all that, um, or if you're kind of a little further away, you know, you see us, give us a toy. We, we all love it. We love contributing to that. And it's a great time for all of us. So that we would really, really appreciate. And uh, anything else you want to know about Mosby or about me, um, you can uh, check us out online. Of course, callmosby.com. You can find all sorts of information there. You can find information um, about me on my social media um, at, at Facebook, Rich Oris um, Mosby. Just search that or at Rich Oris on Twitter. You can find my hacks that I do and just all sorts of information there also. So I invite you to uh, check all that out and you can find out, you know, see photos of our jobs on our website, find out about our warranty, the company, the background, the history, everything that we do. You can see a lot about the, the design build. You can find out about our broadcasting. You can find out about our design build 360 magazine that we put out. You can subscribe to that and get that um, in your email. It's a really neat uh, publication that we put out. So we do a lot to try and just get information out there, good information. Of course, we have our seminars all all year long, which we are done with for this year, but I'm sure next year I'll have a great list of seminars every couple months throughout the years with great information for everybody. So, you know, we're just looking to get information out there and to try and be, you know, the Midwest most desired remodeling company. And this is several, several of the ways, you know, that we do that. So if you have anything today, you got anything you want to talk about, um, maybe talk about those remodels in the kitchen and bath and, and what you might do first, or if you have some questions around the house or with your remodeling, feel free to give me a call. 314 Two four one nine seven nine seven. I think we'll go ahead and get into our first break here, and um, when we get back, I'll, I'll touch a little more on the design ideas that can uh, change the look of some of your space. And take your call; the uh, lines are wide open. All right, here we go. We've got a lot of good stuff for you today here, right at home with Rich. I'm your host, Rich Oris going to be running through this. Got a got a few different things for you. Got the question out there for you about your your kitchen or your bathroom. Which would you prefer or did you maybe remodel first and why? But for now, we've got uh, our first uh, call coming in from uh, Joe. So I'm going to jump on the phone here. Joe, are you with us? Yes, sir. Hey, thanks for calling. What do you got going on today? Well, let's call it. I've got a, uh, so I just moved into a house a few months ago, and the people that were living there were going to remodel a portion of the basement, put in like a little, like a game room type area for a uh-huh. TV and some toys. And they had bought a bunch of steel studs that they went ahead and just left. I was talking to some friends of mine, and 
they were saying, well, you know, you don't want to put the steel directly on the concrete because it'll rust. So you need to wrap them in plastic. Some people said, no, don't worry about that. Just put them down. Others are like, put a board down first, then, then the metal on top. So I thought I'd just call and find out what I really need to do rather than just what various people are saying. Okay, yeah. So, um, so yeah, the steel can, you know, uh, rust if you've got moisture in that, uh, you know, under that floor. And sometimes when I, when I talk about, you know, water and I talk about moisture, it's really moisture vapor. So once you kind of close things off and you've got that sitting on the floor, you can just moisture vapor permeates through there and then kind of gets trapped. So, um, I would, one, you can test your floor, um, to, you can put down like a couple squares and duct tape down some clear plastic to the floor and leave it there for two or three days and, and check it kind of every day and see if you've got any like water droplets on that plastic, you know, underneath there where it's taped. And if you do, then you know you've got a good amount of moisture vapor that's actually permeating through that floor into the living space, which is okay. You just got to know to manage that. Um, and okay. that's, that's one reason I would never put plastic underneath a stud like that, because basically that could make that, that vapor kind of get trapped and actually produce more of that liquid than if it was just some concrete or a piece of, you know, treated wood or something like that. Um, so that, that I would definitely not put the plastic down that could literally potentially make it worse. Um, so really what most of the codes say is they want a treated bottom plate, like a two by four of wood, of treated wood on that bottom to accept, you know, it won't rot real quick because that moisture termites and stuff like that won't want to eat it. Um, and so that's the, what most codes call for. Although I'm sure there's probably some kind of steel stud that, you know, if you checked with your local municipality, there, there may be a, a way to do that, you know, with um, a steel bottom plate that they may may approve or something. But for me, I've just, it's always worked well and lasted well to have that treated wood bottom plate against that floor. And that way, you know, it's just, it's going to last a long time. It's going to breathe the moisture out that comes through it, it's not going to rot very quickly and it'll hold up for a long time for you. So I, I would go with the treated wood plate, but you know, okay, perfect. So I'll do there. the treated. Okay. Do that. And then you put the metal track right on top of the treated wood. Then yeah, you could, you can, you should be able to cut just like a little notch in the bottom of that stud. So it slides over that plate and then just screw the face of it, you know, through the face where you need it. And then that stud will be attached there just fine, like a steel stud would. Um, now, your steel studs will increase your electrical cost a little bit because you got to get the grommets and the stuff for the wires to go through and and things like that. But they're not drilling, so you know it, it may kind of you know, make it a little bit harder, especially if there's any of it that you're looking to do yourself. Most people are used to just drilling through a piece of wood and slipping a wire through it, and it's not a big deal. It's just got to be handled a little bit differently in those steel studs. So watch, watch your codes and all that. You know, also with the steel studs for your electrical. Okay. All right. All right. Perfect. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, no problem. Very, very welcome, and uh, appreciate the call, and and definitely a 
good question. Um, and, uh, you know, something we, we don't hear that question a real, real lot because this, the steel studs are much, you know, more often in, you know, more of a commercial setting. Um, and, um, I'm sure there's commercial ways that, you know, things you can put down or, or a way to do that. If you really, really wanted to use the steel, I'm sure there's an approved method out there. It's just not super common, you know, in residential, you know, construction. Um, so, but kind of speaking on, um, the residential, you know, codes and, zonings and things like that because you know and, and on that topic of you know what will they let me use can i use steel can i use you know there's so many rules out there you know for remodeling your home that it it just becomes you almost got to be like an architect or have the right people really in charge of this and trying to keep up with it and we run in to so many different codes today and you know they they change of course they adopt you know newer codes that adopt different you know fire stuff and and just all kinds of you know things constantly constantly changing you know I was just looking at a job the on yesterday and it's a it's a carport that's actually screened in. And I was like, well, you know, we're talking about redoing it and what are the different ways we could possibly redo it? And, you know, how can this work? And what could we use for the actual, you know, door that would get the car in and out? Because they've got kind of like these bifolding, you know, giant screen doors right now that they can open up to that like eight foot width and, and literally still pull a car in there. And and I said, well, you know, the first question I got to ask and find out is in your area, you know, will they even let me do this? Because just because somebody, you know, did it 40 years ago does not necessarily mean that they're going to let you redo that today or that it's something that they would accept, you know, in today's codes and, and you know, they change this stuff over the years. So I've had a ton of different examples of, you know, stuff like that, where even though it's there, it doesn't necessarily mean that they will let you do it again, you know, in, in today's, today's world with all of these codes and everything. So definitely got to look into that next week, but I've had several instances where, um, I had one in the central West end where, you know, they wanted a small retaining wall at the end of their yard to kind of flatten it out a little bit um, because they were having bushes get destroyed by all the people walking up and down the street and parking on the street. So they thought if they elevated it and kind of pulled it back a little bit, that maybe that would help, you know, protect them from all of the uh, pedestrians and people shopping and eating and, and, you know, at the bars and stuff down in the central West end. Well, we, you know, come to find out that, that's not allowed in that area. It's it's historical, and you're not supposed to have a retaining wall at the front of your yard up against the sidewalk walk like that in that area. And the, the strange part was when you stood on his front porch and you looked out at all the neighbors, you could literally see three houses that had this. And at the end of the street, about four houses down, there was so, like a business section, and they had— a wall that, um, 
was exactly what we wanted to build. Build it would it would have matched that perfectly out of brick and stuff. It would have looked really good. Well, but you know, and as I drove around the neighborhood and looked at all the houses, like about thirty percent of these houses all had some sort of retaining wall at the front of that you know yard at the sidewalk. So. You know, as we're trying to deal with them and ask them and stuff, you know, most of them were put in at a date before they would try and stop you if you asked, or even some of the newer ones, because I was like, no, some of these, I've even seen some of these stones are from like Menards, and Menards has only been around here for, you know, five or six or seven years, so, um, you know, but people do this without pulling permits, without asking, so now they're trying to get them to take them down, and then, of course, the business district is a whole different set of rules for that that doesn't work for the residential zoning. And so we ran into all this stuff. So really ask questions, beware, you know, call your municipalities and ask about things that you're, you're going to do because there's so many out there and it could have changed so much, you know, in all these, these rules of what's going on. So, you know, when you're doing remodeling and, you know, you see this stuff on like HGTV, um, well, some of these these shows are in different areas. So they, they do things that you see and you go, wow, that's really cool. Like, I want that. And if you don't check, you know, you may find out I've had that with a, a set of pre-manufactured stairs that the people saw it on TV. They were like, this is really cool. I want this set of stairs. We looked at it said, wow, I don't think that fits what, what they make us do here, went through the, the permitting and stuff, and they looked at it and said, nope, you can't have these set of stairs. Now they make them and they install them in, you know, Colorado and California and some of these places, but they just will not let, you know, that happen here. And so you got to watch what you're seeing, where they are. Some of those shows are in Canada too, and you got to watch them for, what they're doing and, and how they do it too. You don't want to just take their method and just go to use it here because if they're doing something outside the house in California where, you know, th they don't really have much of a frost line. So if they're doing some landscaping stuff, they, they may only go down eight or 10 inches and, and they feel fine putting a brick wall or something for landscaping, you know, a retaining wall on top of that where, if you're doing some sort of solid masonry brick, stuff like that for landscaping, our frost line's 30 inches. So you only go down 10 inches and you could literally have this thing cracking and heaving and things moving and changing, you know, so you got to also watch not just the codes, but then what's the best proper way to build for your area and, you know, how, how you got to do it for that. I've run into that a couple times. So, you know, it's important to note that, Every municipality is different. That's why we would always suggest, you know, calling and finding this stuff out. Some uh, cities do a lot of their own stuff. Um, some let the, the county, you know, handle everything for them. Some kind of 50-50 where they'll do building, but county does plumbing and electrical. So you really got to look and see, you know, what's included, you know, in, in all those entire metro areas and, you know, what has to happen. So most of them have adopted the 2015 IRC, the International uh, Residential Code. Um, so it's kind of one of the newer ones. So there's a lot of different things in there today about 
structural requirements and wind load requirements has have changed. So things that we've seen built in the past and that we've built in the past are saying, nope, you can't even do that anymore. It needs to be, you know, like this for the structural framing requirements. Um, taking screens out and adding windows can really affect those wind loads and, and how things are built. So you really got to watch that deck requirements, how they tie the floor structure in has changed drastically. So really check into, you know, is permitting required? You know, sometimes when it is, you have to update your smoke detectors throughout the whole house, depending on the type of, you know, job that you're doing. So there's so many different things that have changed. Foundations, you know, have changed their requirements with more steel and larger footings and, you know, different things like that. So there's a lot that's changed out there. Point is, just watch out for it and ask the questions. And feel free to call me and ask your question today, too. 314-241-9797. All right, we are back, and it is halfway through the show, but I'm going to I'm going to put a hold here on my hack for just a moment because I've got uh, got Joe on the line. Not sure if it's the same Joe or not, but Joe, you got another question for us, or is this a new Joe? This is a new Joe. Oh, okay. Thanks, new Joe. What do you got going on? <laughs> well, I've got a bathroom that doesn't vent very well. It's got the standard um, fan that evaporates the shower moisture, but it just uh, collects too much mold and I need to repaint it and I've been trying to research the best options for mold removal. I see some that say spray with vinegar first. I see just a mild detergent and then bleach. Um, I don't know, TSP treatments. I want to do it right before I repaint it. So the ceiling is pretty spotted black and I need to uh, take care of that soon. Okay. Yeah. Um, You can definitely start out with bleach, like like a bleach half and half Bleach water um, is is a good treatment for that. But there's also, you know, you could look in the box stores because there's true, like, antifungal, you know, cleaners that are meant for mold. Um, A lot of them are are super regulated that only, like, Wellington Environmental and some of these companies could probably get their hands on. But I'm sure there's, you know, in the big box stores, Home Depot, Lowe's, Menards, there's – some kind of, you know, antifungal, you know, mold cleanup cleaner that's that's meant for that. Um, and I would read the instructions on it very, very well because, you know, a lot of people get cleaners and they just think, well, you put it on and you wash it off or you do. But, you know, a lot of them may have like a time that they want it to stay there wet. You know, like put it on, wait three minutes or 10 minutes or, or whatever um, to really, to get it to work the best. And then, you know, um, if it's on drywall, you'll never absolutely a hundred percent get rid of it because of the paper and the drywall. So anywhere it's on drywall, the best method is to cut it out and replace the drywall and then do whatever you can do to kind of keep the mold from happening again. Well, I saw one um, cleaner online that had TSP in it. I'm familiar with that product that uh, mm-hmm. is really good for neutral cleaning, but uh, I don't know if that's the first step or after. I, I know they said don't sand it off, don't uh, keep it wet all, the whole time to make sure the spores don't transfer anywhere. Yes. But, um, yeah, um, TSP, TSP is still a good uh, option? 
Oh, yes, I think that would be a good option for you. And definitely keep it wet, always. You don't want to ever try and do any kind of dry cleanup, scraping, sanding, anything like that. You want to you wanna keep it wet. And, and if it's on anything wood, then what you want to do is look for a sealer. Once you've cleaned it up, they make sealers that almost like a polyurethane. You know, that you would basically put the sealer, spray the sealer, kind of like a spray paint, onto the wood, and it will encapsulate the the wood and, and hold the mold spores that's in the pores inside and not let them back out, and that'll help, you know, prevent future growth and everything, too, so... But, well, yeah. it's a white painted, it's a white painted ceiling, so I'm assuming it's uh, at least plywood or something underneath there. It's not drywall, and uh, uh, kills is not good enough for something polyurethane would be kills, better. No, kills will seal it up just fine. Yep. Uh, okay. Get the oil base original nasty kills. You know that <laughs> I, I wouldn't use the the water base is not for me. I haven't had great luck with it. It does not work as well as the oil based. Mm-hmm does ventilate it well use the good oil-based stuff and, and you should be good all right thanks very much all right no problem thanks thanks joe um good question a problem a lot of people are uh dealing with so we're going to jump here to uh bob bob it sounds like he has some information for us what do you got going on bob oh not a whole lot i just interested in the way you were talking about uh, remodeling homes and different things it seems like you have more rules if you want to remodel your home inside or outside in order for it to pass inspection than these new home builders with all their uh, fa- fancy uh, gingerbread that they put in the new homes and even on the outside, different things. So that's just a comment I want to make. Uh, making your home to what yeah. you want and within the code, you have more code, it seems. If you remodel your home, then a builder can come in and build a home and get, get away with a lot of stuff with that gingerbread. So that's basically what my talk is on that. Oh, no, absolutely. And, you know, and I would say, honestly, the biggest thing that I see, uh, Bob, the difference between remodeling and, and new construction, they have pretty much, you know, a lot of the same codes. But to understand that codes are a minimum, they're, they're like a minimum thing that they, they make you do. Um, so how well they dry the house in, how well they weatherproof and waterproof and airtight and stuff like that is not a part of any of these codes. So you can literally, ha- you know, I've seen several houses that have issues that have breathing issues and mold being caused. They have, you know, water leak issues, you know, with water getting behind vinyl siding and stuff like that. And they're done to code because code is a minimum requirement. And so, so the code's not backing these people up and they end up having these leaks and problems. I've got another one I'm dealing with absolutely right now that, you know, it's just, I guarantee the house is built to code and everything was, was fine with the inspections, but she's got windows and a door leaking um, because of how it was put together and, and the system that they used on the outside of the house. So, yeah, I, I agree that they really need to button up the codes on, you know, how we wrap and flash and, and how we waterproof and really hold some of these people accountable to keeping, you know, leaks out of a house. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. But okay. yeah, I think you're right, Bob. 
All right. Thanks a lot. Hey, thank you. I appreciate the call. So, um, yeah. And so maybe after the, the next break, I, I might get into that, um, that, that house wrap system and stuff, you know, with everybody a little bit, um, to kind of explain what's happening at this house and then what, you know, we've done in the past to really combat that and what we've had success with and everything. And sometimes that's what everything's about is what kind of success have you had in really going with what has worked, you know, um, and analyzing the new stuff really, really hard to make sure you think it's going to be the best system before you just start doing it and relying on manufacturers just saying, yep, this is good and it'll last this long. Um, you really got to think about different areas, everything, how, how it happens. Um, it, it's pretty amazing the things that can happen. But so, but for right now, I'm going to get into uh, my hack here because um, last week we had a really cool one about um, uses for uh, table salts. And so this week it, it got so cold for me that I kind of went, you know, I, I, I just, I need to talk about the things that, that people should be doing around their house before winter. And it really kind of crept up on me this year, I think. And, and with Halloween, it was just so cold that night. I felt so bad. And we probably got about half the trick-or-treaters that we would usually get because I think a lot of the older ones were like, forget it, it's not worth it. Um, but so, you know, cold came kind of early. And, you know, hopefully we'll get some some time that maybe it warms up a little bit. I'm sure we're in St. Louis. I'm sure we will before Thanksgiving. And maybe some people can get out and perform some of this uh, list of mine that, you know, it's things that everyone should be doing to their home prior to winter. So, um, and of course the, the big one, we use daylight savings time ending as reminders for certain things. So of course the first Sunday of November, right? We got to set our clocks back, which is, you know, tomorrow. But, um, so what we advise when you, when you, whenever use daylight saving times as a reminder to test your smoke detectors, um, test the carbon monoxide detectors and, just go ahead and replace the nine volt batteries in all of them just to make sure they're good, make sure it'll last for one more year. Um, and we also would advise uh, the same thing regarding fire extinguishers, check the dates, check the level, make sure your fire extinguishers, you know, every, t every year at daylight savings time. And hopefully that can get into a good safety routine for you. When routine, whenever you're going to do change your clocks, think about those safety items um, so another thing coming into winter, of course, think about things freezing. So disconnecting your hose, um, hoses from your outside hose spigots. Um, if you haven't done that, I would jump up and run out and start doing it right now. Um, in the garage, remove all paints, caulks, any kind of liquid materials that you're worried about um, freezing from your sheds or your garages um, and uh, get them inside and... Um, in the garage, so think about the garage door. So winter is very brutal on garage doors, and most of the wear, you know, happens, you know, during that time with the cold and the metal. So service them, lubricate them, um, all your overhead garage doors, all the operating parts. Uh, an interesting thing you can do is treat the rubber on the bottom edge of the garage door with either car wax or um, clean it with WD-40, and that will help keep it from sticking to the concrete floor as we get these uh, freeze-thaw cycles, you know, in the winter. Um, so inspect all your outdoor electrical is a big item on the list. 
Um, keep your outdoor work, you know, lighting working. Um, inspect the fixtures, the light bulbs, change and replace any bulbs, but check the outlets and your boxes and just make sure everything out there, you know, looks good and is, is working working good and will last through the winter for you. Um, of course, your winter appliances, you want to have your uh, chimney checked, your furnace checked, your, your you think about the water heater flues, all of that. Replenish your firewood at the same time is a great thing to do. And then um, prepare for uh, all your equipment for winter. So we're calling for a really wild, uh, cold winter with lots of snow. Of course, I think they call for that every year just in hopes that maybe they'll get it right one year. Um, but there's nothing worse than getting all dressed up, ready to go shovel snow and find out your shovel's broken. So prepare all your equipment, your snow blowers, your tools, check your snow shovels out. Just make sure they're clean and ready to go. And another trick for those snow shovels is to clean them with some WD-40 also, and that'll help keep the wetter snow from sticking to the shovel so much as you're trying to shovel. Um, so a big thing uh, on my list too is to check all your emergency supplies. You know, we have a lot of power outages and stuff in winter. So, you know, when storms come, you get those outages, you want to be prepared Make sure you've got, you know, fresh bottled water. Um, check out your your foods as, you know, stable foods that would last in your pantry without, you know, power. Check your flashlights, your batteries, first aid supplies. Keep that on hand. Maybe a crankable um, flashlight or uh, radio or um, smartphone charger is is really good thing to have. And then, of course, the last one on my list here is to change the ceiling fan direction and prepare that and let that run for winter. So you want the rotation in winter. It should be clockwise, and the fan should run at a low speed. And this will pull the air up towards the ceiling, which kind of displaces all that warm air that rises and collects near the ceiling. And just, you know, good ventilation, good circulation is such an important thing to do um, in today. So keeping that running, it can really help your energy bills, help your furnace work less, and just keep the whole room more comfortable keeping that air mixing and moving and not just having cold air down low and warm air up high. So it is definitely a great thing to do. So you can find all of these tips on my Twitter, on my Facebook every week. You can go back and hear the podcast. I think we're going to get into our final break here, Eric, and um, we'll get into a few more things and maybe take some of your calls again when we return. All right, here we go. Final segment. Uh, if you have a question you want to sneak in, we'll definitely have some time here. So give me a shout, 314-241-9797 or 866-455-9797. So I want to do, I do want to touch on this you know, kitchen bath remodel, you know, which, which would you do first, which should you do first, you know, and kind of what it's a definitely a common question. And, and I get this a lot, you know, with people, not just kitchen and bath, but on everything, like what order and where, what makes sense. And people really, you know, if you don't know what you're up against, it's really good to talk about the next projects too, because you might learn something of, you know, we should really do this first and here's why. Um, so, but to figure out kind of kitchen and bath, you know, which do you really go, go first for, you know, personally for me, I would say 
Kitchens tend to cost more no matter who's doing it, no matter how you're doing it, whether it's a company like Mosby or a handyman or any type of company in between, just on a percentage basis, generally the kitchen's going to cost you more. So, you know, I would always say look and focus on the kitchen and see what you really want there and see what you're really, really going to spend. And that might help you, you know, figure out your, your total budget. And, and then do you improvise some things in the bathroom maybe to get what you want in the place where everybody, it's like the heart of the home. Everybody hangs out, everybody's there, everybody sees it, you know? So what you really probably don't want to do is really go all out in your bathroom. And then when you get to your kitchen, you're like, oh, wow, I didn't think it'd be that much. And now I'm having trouble, you know, affording the things that I would have really, really loved to have. So, you know, think about that. And that's, you know, the importance of designing, maybe design both and then find out the cost of both. And then you can make some of those educated decisions. So, but, you know, a big question for yourself is where is your, you know, where's your house lacking? What what do you really really need more, you know, maybe your bathroom really is truly, you know, lacking a lot more than your kitchen. So, so you go there first, you know, and pretty much, you know, get done what's, you know, prioritize them, figure out which is worse for you and then go at it in that direction. Um, Another thing would be, where do you spend the most time? You know, if you think about, what you do in your house, you know, um, and kind of everything being equal, it, it makes sense to spend your dollars based on where you spend your time also. And if you're not a big cooker and you're not in the kitchen much and you don't do a lot of entertaining, this is why we try and find all these things out for people too, is to really figure out, you know, what's, what works for you, what's best for you and what are you going to get the most enjoyment out of, you know, with that project. So, that may swing your your decision right there. Um, what do you need right away? Maybe, you know, bathrooms can really be a higher necessity because of, of issues or because of, you know, if you're getting older or disabled or if you need grab bars or you just, you broke a leg and you need to do some things just so you can get in and out easier for that time being and prepare it for the future. So, you know, your shower tub combos, you know, requiring a walk-in shower instead for a wheelchair, something like that, that could really prioritize that bathroom for you. So what, what are your immediate needs right away is, is an important thing to think about. And of course, you know, what's your budget is a big thing to think about when, when looking at either of these rooms, really plan out that level of investment and figure out, you know, how you're going to get through it and, and really know and understand the project that you're, you're going to have and get and all of that. And you can really make some, some really great decisions that way on, you know, what makes sense, you know, on what to do first. So, and always getting a third party, you know, involved in like a design build or, you know, some kind of designer architect, that's always a great way to figure out what would work well for you and to make, you know, some of these decisions on how you get through it and all of that. And you can find a lot of these, this information and a lot of other very useful information at, you know, at Mosby's website, um, callmosby.com. Or feel free to give us a call and, you know, we'll come out, we'll do a consultation, we'll look at what you got going on. We can 
you know, we know the questions to ask. We can have some really good conversations to maybe even help you figure out what's the best way to do something for your needs. So you can call our office, uh, 314-909-1800, and we would love to get something set up for you. You can even, at our website, you can, you know, request appointments and stuff like that and get things scheduled, you know, directly through that website. So you can do some of these things even over the weekend and everything and, and get it going for you. So, um, but, you know, so kind of getting back to this residential zoning and coding and, and, you know, Bob's kind of comment on new construction, remodeling, you know, how things happen, um, what they're, what they're making them do. So, you know, speaking about that outdoor, uh, kind of weather flashing, um, how you protect a home, you know, when you go down and you look at like Florida and you look at where hurricanes hit and stuff like that, you know, it's in their codes, how they protect these homes, how they build these homes because they have rain coming over a hundred miles an hour, absolutely sideways against a house. Well, you live in St. Louis. I live in St. Louis. Have you ever seen the rain come sideways at a hundred miles an hour and just beat on the side of your house? And have you ever had a leak that showed up because of that? And it's kind of like a one-time thing. And you're like, oh, that was really weird. Oh my gosh. What, you know, well, that means your house isn't protected behind the siding well enough to truly hold off water from getting in your wall system and from getting in, you know, from the outside in, from behind that siding. And, and a lot of people think, you know, once you put that siding on, nothing gets around that siding. Well, let me tell you that it absolutely does. Vinyl's one of the worst. It gets around that the most. Um, so, so in new construction... There is a newer system out there, um, a zip wall system. You've probably seen it around. You've seen a lot of builders using it. It's green, and then they put flashing tape on all the seams all the way around. And understand that all of these systems, when a manufacturer puts this stuff together, they are under ideal circumstances. The way they put it together is flawless. So when they test it, it's absolutely flawless system. It's put together perfectly. Then you put the system out into the into the field where it's getting installed sometimes when it's really hot, sometimes when it's really cold. Sometimes they're using nail guns and they're driving the nails in too far. And, you know, so, so this new zip wall system, it's kind of about what have you seen success with? I can just walk around and look at these homes with this system on it and I can find flaw after flaw on how this stuff is installed. And I've got a client right now that brand new house. Um, matter of fact, I, I, I Googled her address because um, I wanted to get a measurement on the satellite and the house isn't even there. It's a hole in the ground on the satellite image. That's how new this home is. And it has a couple really bad leaks and the builders saying, Oh, this system's way superior than whatever system they're talking about. But yet the home is leaking. Water's getting in around a couple windows around a door. There's a roof line we're looking at changing. So, but know that all of these manufactured items are totally 
it's all how you install it and the best way to it. There's videos out there that show better ways to install it. There's builders that go overboard with it and there's builders that do the minimum of what you need to do. So you really got to watch who's doing what and how you're doing it and everything. When you're having this stuff done out there, do, do your research, everybody for sure. So we're out of town. Everybody stay tuned for Priscilla all around the yard Everybody, be good to one another, and I will talk to you next week. Get more at 971talk.com.